Welcome to Zichru Daf Simani Mamma by Ram Goldar and today we're in Serkos Ksubis Daf Memdal, the fourth parak Narashini Spasasa. The Zichru Masekos Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hakazachas Torah. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. Rav Nachman said, Shnei stars hayotzim bezerachazeh bitoshini asarishon. Two stars that are for one field and one is dated after the other. The second star nullifies the first. The Gemara said, What the reason is that the first star is battle? And Rafram said, Emor Oduya Odele. We say that the recipient admitted that the first star was invalid. Rush explains that by acknowledging the need for a second star, the recipient is admitting the first star was fraudulent. Ravacha said, We say that the recipient graciously waived the lien that is inherent in the first deed. If the land is seized, he's limited to collecting from land sold after the date in the second star. The Gemara brings three practical differences between the two reasons. According to Rafram, who holds that the first star was fraudulent, we have Iwari Sahade, the disqualification of the witnesses, referring to those that signed the first star. Ushlumi Peri, the repayment of fruits eaten by the recipient before the second star was signed, since he was not the real owner at first. Lutaska, and the payment of the property tax, which will have to be paid by the seller, since he was really the owner of the land before the second star was signed. Pointing to the next mission states referring to Anar Marasa, a betrothed Nara, who committed adultery. If her conception was not in Kedusha, meaning that it was before her mother converted, but her birth was in Kedusha, meaning after her mother converted, she's Chayv Skiwa, stoning. And she's not subject to stoning by the entrance of her father's house, since her father isn't Jewish, nor is she entitled to the hundred sela fine if her husband is found to be lying about her. Gemara asked, from where is it known that she's Chayv Skiwa? And Rishonkish said that the Pusik states, and the people of her city shall pelt her with stones, Umesa, and she shall die. Now, since stoning means being put to death, the superfluous, and she shall die, is coming to include one who was not conceived in Kedusha, but was born in Kedusha. When the Gemara asks why this does not teach us that if her husband is found guilty of trying to defame her, he should be lashed and have to pay the fine, it answers, Umesa, and she shall die. She was included for the death penalty, but not for the fine. And pointing with Rabbi Yossi Barchanina said, One who defames an orphan girl is putter from the fine. For the Pusik states regarding the fine, and give them to the father of the girl. Excluded is this one who has no father. Rabina said he's hired to pay the fine and brought a brisa taught by Ami that says, referring to the defamer, that he has defamed Basulas Israel, a Basula of Israel, which excludes a Basula of Gary. Agior says the status of an orphan, but she's only being excluded because she's not from Israel. Now, it makes sense then that a Jewish girl who is an orphan receives the fine, and that's why the Pasuk is needed to exclude Gerim. For if an orphan Yisraelis does not receive the fine, why then would the Torah need to exclude Agiores from receiving a fine? So once again, the three points are number one. Rav Nachman said, Two stars that are for one field, and one is dated after the other. The second star nullifies the first. The Gemara said, what the reason is that the first star is battle? And Rafram said, Emor Oduya Odele. We say that the recipient admitted that the first star was invalid. Rush explains that by acknowledging the need for a second star, the recipient is admitting the first star was fraudulent. Ravacha said, We say that the recipient graciously waived the lien that is inherent in the first deed. If the land is seized, he's limited to collecting from land sold after the date in the second star. The more brings three practical differences between the two reasons. According to Rafram, who holds that the first star was fraudulent, we have Iwari Sahade, the disqualification of the witnesses, referring to those that signed the first star. 
Oshumi Peri, the repayment of fruits eaten by the recipient before the second star was signed, since he was not the real owner at first. Otaska, and the payment of the property tax, which will have to be paid by the seller, since he was really the owner of the land before the second star was signed. Pointing to the next mission states referring to Anar Marasa, a betrothed Nara, who committed adultery. If her conception was not in Kedusha, meaning that it was before her mother converted, but her birth was in Kedusha, meaning after her mother converted, she's Chayv Skila, stoning. And she's not subject to stoning by the entrance of her father's house, since her father isn't Jewish, nor is she entitled to the hundred sella fine if her husband is found to be lying about her. Gimmer asked, from where is it known that she's Chayv Skila? And Rishonkish said that the Pusik states, and the people of her city shall pelt her with stones, Umesa, and she shall die. Now, since stoning means being put to death, the superfluous, and she shall die, is coming to include one who was not conceived in Kedusha, but was born in Kedusha. When the Gemara asks why this does not teach us that if her husband is found guilty of trying to defame her, he should be lashed and have to pay the fine, it answers, Umesa, and she shall die. She was included for the death penalty, but not for the fine. And pointing with Rabbi Yossi Barchanina said, One who defames an orphan girl is patr from the fine. For the Pasuk states regarding the fine, and give them to the father of the girl. Excluded is this one who has no father. Rabina said he's chayv to pay the fine and brought a brisa taught by Ami that says, referring to the defamer, that he has defamed Basulas Yisrael, a basula of Israel, which excludes a basula of Gary. Agiorus has the status of an orphan, but she's only being excluded because she's not from Israel. Now, it makes sense then that a Jewish girl who is an orphan receives the fine, and that's why the Pasuk is needed to exclude Gary. For if an orphan Yisraelis does not receive the fine, why then would the Torah need to exclude Agiorus from receiving a fine? All right, so now we go to our Simmer Daf Memdalad, and her standard simon is mud. Mud. So here goes. The two shtaros for one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud, were discovered by Narmarasa, who was not conceived in Kedusha, but her birth was in Kedusha, when she knows a young orphan girl sitting in the mud and crying because the one who defamed her did not have to pay the kanas. Once again, it's emotion. The two shtaros for one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud. Mud? That must be more enough. Memdalad. The two stars were one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud, which reminds me of Nachman said, Two stars are for one field, and one is dated after the other. The second star nullifies the first. The one asked what the reason is that the first star is Batal, and Rafam said that we say the recipient admitted to him that the first star was invalid. And Rashi explains that by acknowledging the need for a second star, the recipient is admitting the first star was a fraudulent. Ravaka said that we say the recipient graciously waived the lien that is inherent in the first deed. If the land is seized, he's limited to collecting from lands sold after the date of the second star. The Gemara brings three enough meanings between the two reasons, the disqualification of the witnesses, the repayment of fruits eaten, and payment of the property tax. So the two stars for one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud, were discovered by Anarha Marasa, who was not conceived in Kedusha, but her birth was in Kedusha, which reminds us that we learned that Anarha Marasa, if conception was not in Kedusha, meaning that it was before her mother converted, but her birth was in Kedusha, meaning after her mother converted, she's Chayv Skila, but she's not subject to stoning by the entrance of her father's house, since her father isn't Jewish, nor is she entitled to the hundred cell of fine if her husband is found to be lying about her. The Gemara learns that the superfluous word Umesa, and she shall die, is coming to include one who's not conceived in Kedusha, but was born in Kedusha for Skila, 
And when the Gemara asks why this does not teach us that if her husband is found guilty of trying to defame her, he should be lashed and have to pay the fine, it answers, Umesa, and she shall die. She was included for the death penalty, but not for the fine. So the two stars for one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud, were discovered by Nahomarasa, who was not conceived in Kedusha, but her birth was in Kedusha. When she noticed a young orphan girl sitting in the mud and crying because the one who defamed her didn't have to pay the kanas. Which reminds us we have no whether a mozi shemra al yasoma is putter, whether one who defames an orphan girl is putter from paying the fine. So once again, the two stars for one field dated one after the other, lying in the mud, were discovered by Nara Marasa, who was not conceived in Kedusha, but her birth was in Kedusha. When she noticed a young orphan girl sitting in the mud and crying because the one who defamed her didn't have to pay the kanas. All right, now it's time for Forvala Bach Hazara. Daf Mem. So the simmer Daf Mem is a swimming pool. So here goes. When the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she doesn't want to marry her violator, he dove into the pool. Pool? That must be on Daf Mem. Mime, swimming pool. When the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she doesn't want to marry her violator, which reminds us, if one violates a woman who is unfit to marry a Jew, such as a Mamzeris, he's not permitted to keep her. For the Pusik states, Velosi Isha, and she shall be to him a wife, which implies Isha Haruilo, a woman who is fit for marriage to him, Rav Kahana said. That he say the following argument in the presence of Rav Zvi from Narada. Nese Asiva Nidhe Losase, let the Asivas marrying her be Docha, the Losase of not marrying a woman who is not fit to marry. Rav Zid responded that we say, Ase Dochi Losase in cases like Mila and Saras, where it's impossible to choose not to fulfill the Ase. But here, although the violator has the mitzvah to marry the woman, if she says, I do not want him as a husband, is there any mitzvah's Ase at all? Rashi explains that in all cases of unfit women, we instruct them to say she doesn't want the violator to be a husband, so that there is no mitzvah's Ase. So when the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she doesn't want to marry her violator, he dove into the pool to escape the boshes of begun payments, which are not included in the kanas, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, why not say that the 50 slime is the payment for kanas, boshes, and pagam? Abai answers that the Pusik states that the violator pays the kanas, tachas not because he has afflicted her, which implies that they are paid specifically because he violated her. And besides his payment for affliction, there are additional payments of boshes begum. Rava gives an alternative answer from the Pusik that states, kesef. The man who lay with her shall give the father of the girl fifty silver shekels. This implies Hanos Shiva Kamishim, that for the pleasure of lying with her he pays with the shekels of the father. But called the Akabosha's Bagam. From here we can infer that there are additional payments of embarrassment and depreciation. So when the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she does not want to marry her violator, he dove into the pool to escape the Bosha's Bagam payments, which are not included in the Kanas, but was captured by her father, who was eager to receive them and was planning to marry her off to Amuka Shreen, which reminds us. It's logical that Boshas and Magam go to the father, for if he wishes, he can give her over to a man who is repulsive, or Amuka Shreen, afflicted with boils. Rush explains that it's in the father's rishus to embarrass her and depreciate her value through relations with a repulsive person in exchange for the Kedushan money. So since the violator preempted the father by embarrassing her and depreciating her value, he causes the father to lose out from the money he could have received. Daf Memov, so the simmer Daf Memov is a grandma. So here goes. The grandma, grandma, that must be more in Daf Memov. The grandma who told Basin she would certainly object if they let him a fata ruin her granddaughter's wonderful reputation, which reminds us, the next mission which states, the one who says, I seduced Pony's daughter, pays for Boshes Begum, but does not pay the Knast, does not go according to the Tana of a price we taught, that a Mafatu confesses, even Boshes Begum he doesn't have to pay, for he's not believed to discredit the daughter of Pony. Rapapa asked the Baya, 
What would be the halach if it was acceptable to the girl to suffer a bad reputation in order to receive the Boshes Bakam? And the Gemara answers that perhaps it's not acceptable to her father. And even if it was, perhaps it's not acceptable to members of the family. Rashi explains that it's not for Basin to do something that will sustain the family's embarrassment. And even if it was acceptable to them, it's impossible there's not one family member in a distant land for whom it's not acceptable. So the grandma who told Basin she would certainly object if they let him afata ruin her granddaughter's wonderful reputation was incensed when Basin informed her she owed Chetzinezek as a kanas because her ox gored, which reminds us, more brings Malchokas regarding Chetzinezek, half damages which are paid when a short time damages. Rapapa said Palganiska Mamona, half damages are payment of damages, where Mpuda Brady Rav Yeshua says Palganiska Kanasa, half damages are kanas. So the grandma told Basin she would certainly object if they let him afata ruin her granddaughter's wonderful reputation was incensed when Basin informed her she owed Chetzinezek as a kanas because her ox gored and that she had a court date in Eretz Yisrael because her kitty cat was a killer and eating large chickens, which reminds us. The Gemara states that now that it has been established that Chetzinezek is a kanas in the case of a dog that killed and ate a sheep or a cat that killed and ate large chickens, it's a case of unusual damage and we do not collect it in Bavel. Collection of kanas requires dayanim with smicha, and smicha can only be given in Eretz Yisrael. But if the damaged party sees property the owner of the dog or cat, we do not take it away from him. And if the damaged party said to Basin, set up date for me to go to Eretz Yisrael to present the case in Basin with dayanim, who have smicha, the courts set a date for him. And if the damager doesn't go by that date, mishamtinle, we place a ban on him. Daf Membeis, so the similar Daf Membeis is a mobster. So here goes. The mobster's son's mobster. That must be more in Daf. Membeis. The mobster's sons who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the Ma'anas who admitted after he swore was Pater, which reminds us, it was taught in the Mishnah in Shavuos. If one says to another, Anastu Batisa is beat to you, violated my daughter, or you seduced my daughter, and the defendant responds that he did not, and the father makes him swear, and afterwards the defendant admits that he violated or seduced her, and that he had sworn falsely, he's high to pay the claim, and an additional fifth, and bring an Ashim, but Rav Shimon exempts him. Shein Rishalm Knas Al Asma for the din is that one does not pay Knas by his own admission. The Chami said to him that even though he doesn't pay Kanas by his own admission, he does pay for Boshu's Bagam by his own admission. Since his denial has a monetary consequence, he is Chayvanashim for his false oath. So the mobster's sons who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the Ma'anis who admitted after he swore was Pater were hoping that they would inherit another uncollected 50 shekel Kanas, which reminds us, Abai asks Rebbe Rabba, one who says to another that you violated or seduced my daughter and I sued you in Basin, and you were obligated to pay me money, referring to the 15 shekel kanas, and the defendant denies it all, swears, and then later confesses that he swore falsely, what's the law according to Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi says that in fact Rabbi Shimon does not treat a kanas after conviction as money. And when he said that Rabbi Shimon does treat it as money, it was with respect to bequeathing it to his sons. So the mobster's sons who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the ma'anas who admitted after he swore, was Pater, were hoping that they would inherit another uncollected 50 shekel kanas. But were informed that a father is only entitled to a kanas when it is actually given to him. Which reminds Rabbi Yosef explained that in the case of Onus and Mephata, the Pusik states, The man who lay with her shall give the father of the girl 50 silver pieces. The Torah did not entitle the father to the Kanas until the moment it is actually given to him. 
When Rabbah said that a fine after conviction is considered money with respect to bequeathing it to his sons, Bashar Kanasos, it was with respect to other fines. Daf Mem Gimel, so the Simmer Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The daughter whose room was filled with all the magazines she bought with the money she made after her father's death, which reminds us, Rabbi Vinas Rav Sheshis, a daughter is being supported by her brothers from her father's estate to whom do her earnings belong. Rav Sheshis answered they belong to the brothers, but Rav Yosef challenged him, which Rav explains is based on a mission from which he learned, that her earnings are like what she finds, just as what she finds during her father's lifetime belongs to him and what she finds after her father's death belongs to her, so to what she earns during his lifetime belongs to the father, but after his death belongs to her. So the daughter whose room was filled with all the magazines she bought, with the money she made after her father's death, had the Evakanani who was bequeathed to her brothers keep them tidy, which reminds us, it was said in the name of Rav, a daughter who was being supported from the estate by her brothers, her earnings belonged to her, for it was written in regard to an Evakanani, Visnachatam osam livnechem acharehem, you shall keep them in your possession for your children after you to inherit. This implies only they are passed on as a heritage to your children, but your daughters are not passed on as a heritage to your children. This tells us that a person does not bequeath to his son the rights that the Torah grants him in his daughter. So the daughter whose room was filled with all the magazines she bought, with the money she made after her father's death, had the Evakanani who was bequeathed to her brothers keep them tidy who she tipped using the money she received from two kasubas after her father had married her off twice. Which reminds us, the next mission states that if one gave his daughter, who is a katana or a nara in Erison, and the chasen divorced her before Nisuin, and then the father gave her over a second time, and she was widowed before Nisuin, her ksuba from both marriages belonged to the father. If he gave her in Nisuin and the chasen divorced her, and the father gave her in Nisuin a second time, and she was widowed, ksubasa shalah, the ksuba from both marriages belonged to her. Rabbi Yudah says, harishon shalah, the first ksuba belongs to the father. The Gemara explains the Malchokas. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff learned that a daughter's earnings after her father's death is like what she finds after his death? Just as she keeps what she finds, she keeps what she earns. That's on Duff. Mem Gimel. Good. Number two, which stuff learned that Bochus and Magam go to the father since he's the one losing out, since he could have married her off to a Manuvo or Mukoshkin? That's on Duff. Mem. Good. Number three, which stuff do we have two different reasons as to why when there are two staros on the same field, the second star is Mavato, the first one. That's on Duff. Memdod. Good number four. Which stuff do we have in the of coming from Yehuda? If a girl was married off twice, whether she gets both ksubas or her father gets the money from the first ksuba. That's on Duff. Mem Gimel. Good number five. Which stuff do you learn that Hanar Marasa, Shoharasa, Lahaisa she gets skila, but her defamer, if found guilty, does not pay the fine. That's on Duff. Memdal. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn Rabbah said that Rabbi Shimon treats Aknas as money with regards to bequeathing it to one's sons? That's on Duff. Membez. Good number seven. Which stuff do we have a Malkokas whether one who defames a Yasoma? Is Pata from paying the fine? That's on Duff. Memdal. Good number eight. Which stuff do you want to coin to one Tana? A Mafatu confesses does not pay Boshas Begum because Basin does not give him a platform to ruin a girl's reputation. That's on Duff. Memov. Good number nine. Which stuff do you want from the Pusik that an Evakanani is bequeathed to one's sons but not his daughter's earnings? That's on Duff. 
Mem Gimel Gudin. Number 10. Which Daffy Malchus were Yossi Gulian Rekiva, whether Anara, who was engaged, divorced, and then violated, receives her Knast. That's on Daff. Lamed Chaz. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ramgold Mizich wishing you a great day and great learning.